0: Welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 264. My name is Lissa Mandel. I'm in the front house with Rob and I'm here to ask him some questions. It's a takeover. It's a takeover. It's the Lissa takeover. (laughs) Um, I'm so glad you were up for this. I'm I'm so up and down at the same time. Beautiful. So Rob, were there things that you wanted to talk about what's coming up before we jump into this
1: oh <laughs> do i have any announcements yes yes largo shows uh march april and may tickets are up for the march kate berlant is my special guest oh yes
0: amazing i hilarious
1: her, her stand up right mm-hmm. like you don't even what in the world and if you've seen once upon a time in hollywood she's the ticket taker mm-hmm. when sharon tate goes in the movies um just one of my uh heroes so she's she's doing a set as well at my largo incredible show. Uh, oh, and then um, tickets just went up for May and June, two days, uh, the How to Say Something workshops, and you should come to one of them. Yeah. They're really, really fun. Yeah, I'm there. Oh, and then I, uh, I wrote a new play. Did I tell you that?
0: It's no, called, but Kristen Hange told me that. It's
1: called We'll Get Back to You. <laughs> She's directing, and uh, we're doing readings in New York City in March at this off-Broadway theater called... Royal Family Theater, and uh, it's like right in Times Square. Mm-hmm. There are benefit readings and uh, tickets you can get at my site or Royal Family Productions. So all sorts of new things in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you are, Robcast peoples. But this is the Lisa Mandel takeover. So back to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the weather, and the weather is huge vortex everywhere. <laughs> um, Rob, when you reached out to me, you specified this idea about connection yes, and how newly important that is to you and, uh, which is something that you're already an expert at, but this is like next level. I've been thinking about it so much, Mm -hmm. especially in light of, um, what I just told you, which I won't go into here, but basically a person, a very important person in my life has taken a step back for reasons that I understand. And it opens up a whole can of worms about the idea of connection uh and how tied it is to our purpose yeah. for being incarnated in human bodies. Yeah. And how interesting it is that in light of losing a connection, um, it makes me wonder if I still exist. Ah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And I would just love to hear you talk about why this idea of connection has come more into the forefront of your mind now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, most practically, um I just have had all sorts of transformation over the past several months. And at the end of the year, I usually stop making Robcast and then start making it again mm-hmm. like end of January. And I kept the past couple of weeks I'd sit down in front of the mic with, like, outlines in front of me. And uh, that would be, like, the sixth year of making the Robcast. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd like, a couple times I recorded myself giving, like, one of my, you know, talk sermons. I was like, it's not... That was a wonderful first chapter of the Robcast. Mm -hmm. But there were some, like, I want to be more connected. I want to be... Because I can imagine all these people out there listening to the Robcast, but it was like... uh, I, I want more heart to heart, more connection, even in that, like practically just this thing that I've been doing for a number of years, which is why I thought I should just invite some friends to take over and then see what they want to talk about. Cause that sounds fascinating.
0: Yes. And, and I, the idea of interviewing you <laughs> yeah. is delicious because you're always the one in charge, right? And you right. do, you have, right. you speak with this confidence You've already right. figured it out <laughs> off the camera. I mean, off the microphone, you've already figured it out. Right. What would it be to you and your vulnerability if yes, you opened it up for exactly. somebody else?
1: Exactly. And that's what, for me, like identifying this trap to being Rob Bell. Of Rob Bell, the persona. You, you prepare. And it's like, it was a beautiful, like you study, you prepare, you read, you examine you you craft it you shape it like a sculptor you're working with this thing and then you hand it to people um which is all wonderful and at different stages and different phases that's absolutely what's necessary Mm -hmm. but for me at this point something about the creation happening in the moment the thrill of it happening in public yes the the vulnerability of less, hey, here's what I've learned. Does this help? And uh, let's learn together. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes what happens is you do something and there's little minuscule separations hiding there that at first um, are no problem, but then... Separations between the two people uh, communicating? Here's what I know. Uh, premise, you don't, let me share it with you. Uh-huh. And dear God, if I go get my car fixed, I hope they know something I don't. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you feel isn't... like
0: you have to provide a service of knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if... in
1: some settings that's absolutely necessary. Like this person knows stuff that I need, a doctor, <laughs> please tell me everything <laughs> yes. you know. So my ignorance is is the premise here and that I'm fine with that. <laughs> now please tell me. But I, in my own work, just noticing how much I have been learning, especially over the past year from people. And especially in the moments people are like, well, you know, I don't know anything about that. And I'm thinking, you just taught me a world.
0: You know everything um, about it, but not so, consciously
1: yet. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, 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 that, that becomes... And I think also, I mean, some people talk about first half and second half of life. Mm-hmm. First half is the hustle. I got to climb that mountain. I got to prove identity. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Am I good <laughs> enough at that? And then you reach some place where that's no longer the most interesting thing. Sure. I mean, e- even at a whole nother level, like my boys are like, we're launching some rockets here. They're 19 and 21. So, yeah. so I'm telling you, this thing happens where you start to see their wings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The wings have been duct taped mm-hmm. and they're like flapping and they're launching. And I used a rocket and a wings. so They're we're both mixing. flying. We're, flying. Mixing metaphors. we're in the it's flying okay. realm. Yeah. Uh, suddenly you see them taking steps as adults. And honestly, Lissa, it makes everything I've done pale in comparison to them oh my word look at the emotion there
0: yeah well that's beautiful you know what i mean you
1: you you, you're celebrating at some level oh my word what's where are they gonna go what are they gonna do and seeing who they're becoming Mm -hmm. uh violet told me last year she's a strong independent woman (laughs) she's 10 amazing Um, and uh uh, you would love it on, on the school this week, we're driving into school and she's talking about volunteering for the Bernie Sanders campaign. Yes. And what does volunteering entail? So I was explaining campaigns cause my dad ran for office in the eighties, seventies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well in that those days volunteering meant yard signs mm-hmm. that you would staple together and put in people's yard, ask them and put them in the yards It meant handing out pamphlets, pamphlets are like folded paper. Mm-hmm. I said, I imagine now if you volunteer in a campaign, it's probably a lot of texting and maybe phone calls. Sure. Which some people might love. And this is the best part. It's 8, 21 on a Wednesday morning. We're just coming off Third Street to our school. And I say, but now some people calling people to talk about politics would be not fun because the person might have all sorts of specific policy questions. And she says, oh, I'd know.
0: <laughs> Can she please
1: be president? She's like, I'd know. I mean, I'd tell them I'm 10, but I would know. None of their questions <laughs> would be that difficult. So there's this thing this generational thing as well yes of the joy begins to shift and and at some level my own work becomes like oh, let's just play well you put just, in the work let's just see where we can go with this there's like a lightness yes that's like nuclear i mean it is um because you're, it's all of a sudden that all of that first stage of life, like I oh got, let's do this, come on, you know what I mean? There's like a, oh look at these kids, this, oh my god, give me, I need a front row seat for this because this is really fun. It like puts my own sort of life and efforts in perspective. Yeah, So all that's happening.
0: Your training wheels, in a way, are coming off now because, yeah, <laughs> oh, you. You know, because.
1: I should have a shirt that says my training wheels are coming off. (laughs) If you thought I was riding fast before.
0: (laughs) Watch out. If you were impressed. (laughs) Well, really, you've you've hustled in what you describe in terms of first half and second half of life. Um, Not everybody conceives of it that way because everybody is here for a different journey. For you, the first half of your journey was that climb. And you've reached this precipice where you can kind of see out over the valley now. And it's all gravy. Like you've done the work of all yeah. the planning and all the, 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 the lists and the notes and the you already have that inside of you now. Yeah. And so now's the part where you get to just take the training wheels off and coast and know that your instincts will take over
1: yeah, 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 yeah. You talk
0: about the body knowing your body knows yes. in a moment when you talk to somebody exactly what the right question is to ask them, exactly what the right thing to focus on. Uh,
1: and if it does go off the rails or get awkward, you've lived long enough enough to know that. Then will make the story even better. Of course. So you're you've moved so past the 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 binaries. How'd it go? Did it go good or bad? Oh man, it went bad. And you're smiling. Yeah. Because even those categories are you're you're laughing because you're just smiling when it goes awkward, because you're like, oh, if it's this awkward, imagine when The sun rises again or it resolves or we see what was happening in there. Then it'll just make it even better. Yeah, when
0: the dust settles, the lesson was even bigger than you thought. Yes, yes, yes. And as so I'm a comedian. I mean, sort of a comedian, although life doesn't seem very funny right now. But you're also a comedian and I feel like you're really stepping into the comedian part of your life. And a huge part of comedy is bombing
1: absolutely you have to bomb absolutely you have
0: to bomb just as much as you don't bomb and every time you bomb you learn something and same with being an improviser you you could all eight people on stage could just crash and burn but at the end of the day it's how are you picking each other up how are you bouncing off each other's errors and turning them into baskets
1: and like stage one is man go out there and kill it or it'll kill you don't bomb work prepare put in the hours get road strong stage two is hey, you bombed, that was awesome how you bombed (laughs) and how you handled it and how you went back to it and the crowd loved it. Because if you can bomb and you're okay with it, then the crowd's okay with it. Now you've really given them a gift.
0: Exactly. You haven't just
1: made them laugh, but you've shown them something about how life
0: works. Exactly. And the more you... um... The more you can be in the moment and 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 comment with compassion on yourself if you have bombed, you know, the more you can be self conscious about it to and and point to it. You make the audience trust you.
1: Absolutely, people don't. We're going to be fine. Exactly,
0: here. and people want to see. People want to see you be as human as you can be. And the more we get, I tell you, the beginning of 2020 is just like structures are coming down. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. And everybody is in this tumult. And the more naked we become, the more people just crave seeing everybody else being human.
1: Yes. Can you tell me a bombing story from uh, being a comedian? Do you have lots of them?
0: I can tell you, <laughs> uh, this was uh, similar to a bombing, but uh, so as you know, I, I had, I did this podcast and this live show, The Bitch Seat, for five years, which came to its natural end, which mm-hmm. was sad. But the, the fourth episode I ever did on stage in New York, I invited over a thousand people on Facebook to it. I had four amazing guests. I did all the marketing. I was dressed up like, you know, in a birthday costume and not a single person showed up. Oh, how old were you? Uh, I was this was I was like 29, I mean. Uh and uh
1: did you know the day of that people weren't showing no, up? No, absolutely you, not. The I had, night of the gig.
0: Yeah, cuz what happens with live shows is people tell you they're showing up and then half oh. an hour before it, you get 10 different messages saying, yeah. "Sorry, actually, never mind." And uh And so I was there and and my guests were all there, you know, the people who were were doing the show. And um, it was absolutely humiliating. And I spent the next 12 hours crying in my apartment. And then I got up and I said, now I'm going to get serious. And after that... That's what you said.
1: Now I'm going to get serious. Yeah. I mean... What did that mean?
0: It meant hiring a publicist, first of all, which was huge. Uh, It meant being more alternative about my ideas for how I was marketing to people. It meant more direct communication, reaching out to people as individuals saying, I would really love for you to come. It meant completely having to redo um, how I approach the show. Cause I wanted to share it.
1: So the, the bomb injected, once you got through the sadness, mm-hmm. shame, whatever injected like a, Feels like like all sorts of lightning bolt energy, like it like recharges the whole system.
0: Exactly. Well, what it makes you do, it 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 interrogates you. Are you sure you want to do this? How important is this to you? Oh, you know, because. Some people would be like, I'm never doing that again. Or like when you're bombing on stage, I did this one show in Brooklyn. I did this joke about the never-ending story because the nothing in the never-ending story is this like tasteless, odorless villain that you can't see it. It's just like this impending dread that's rolling in. Go back to the 80s and watch it. It's worth it. And I was doing this joke about the never-ending story and nobody in the crowd made any noise.
1: And the joke builds. So they're not with you like, Right. Step one, step two, line three, No, line no, four. no. And
0: then punchline, get your existentialism started young, or whatever it was. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Silence. And it, it was really embarrassing, but you know what that does is it just, it makes you go back and rework the material.
1: Did you comment on nobody liking the joke of course, in the moment? Of course. What did you say?
0: I mean, I don't remember what I said, but it was probably something, whatever it was, people always laugh when you comment on how you've bombed.
1: Ah, that's yeah. a trick, for sure. Oh, oh for sure. <laughs> get your existential, get your,
0: get your existentialism <laughs> started young.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a the Venn diagram on comedy fans who are going to get that joke.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, that's,
1: a, that's a small little. Thing. If you're
0: if you're at a bar in Brooklyn with a beer and nobody's really <laughs> wanting to talk about that stuff, you know what I mean. But if. If you then say that, well, I guess nobody wants to talk about that stuff. Then you get a laugh.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You you get a laugh by coming down off of your shelf of planned material onto the ground floor of, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm just existing here.
1: Right. 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 It sounded so good in my apartment this week. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. So what do I want to do now here?
1: You're in charge. That's what's so great about it.
0: Is it great? Look at this. Know. See, normally
1: I would be interviewing somebody. I know. And I'd be like, I
0: wonder where we'll go next.
1: But I don't have to even think about that.
0: I wanna ask you about if you get if you get caught in a moment, and this is this is personal, and I know you're usually very, you have like very philosophical, esoteric ideas to share, but personally, when you get caught in a moment, when you are in Oh my gosh, is that rain?
1: Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's raining in Los Angeles.
0: This is uh, cosmic.
1: So this is sort of a bit, we have to like pause. <laughs> you, you literally like, is that rain? Cause you, you, you haven't I even heard it in a while. Know. Okay, go on.
0: Um, when you are in a moment when you are caught in uncertainty, say it's a bombing moment or say it's a, a moment in your personal life, what is your, what are your practical tools, you Rob Bell for grounding yourself back in the moment and not flying off into fear? or flying off into some spiraling feeling, do you have little things that you can hook onto that bring you back to a place of groundedness?
1: I got really, really angry with somebody this week. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a anger-hate, just like, um, and I remember being like, whoa, the, uh this is where did this come it's almost like mm-hmm. it, it rose from the depths sure and it's like that sea monster that just keeps coming up out of the. You know, <laughs> like how tall is this thing um i try to start talking about it to myself as fast as possible
0: talking about it in the oh, third what person is this?
1: Mm. oh look mm-hmm. uh, uh, someone in many traditions is simply the observer sure but oh this um so first I try immediately to start narrating. Yes. So that it doesn't swallow me whole. Mm-hmm. I am this anger and hatred. Right. But look at this.
0: Right. So anger you don't identify hatred. with the pain. Yeah. Otherwise
1: it takes over and it's all you can see is you are the beast mm-hmm. and not, oh look, the beast. And so um that's the, the that's the, for me, Ben, but it's very, very tricky because sometimes you're like, I mean your body is reacting. Mm-hmm. You're uh you're like this heat. Mm-hmm. Um you uh sometimes you spin I spin a little like where's up and where's down? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a disorientation mm-hmm. sometimes. So
0: like a leaving of your body almost. T- yeah,
1: like how this is strong.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think over time you build muscles. Of, I would maybe call them muscles of assumption. Oh, this is real. Um, this has something to tell you. I'm assuming this has something to tell me. Mm-hmm. So whatever, you, don't deny it or numb it.
0: Right. I agree.
1: Don't. There's a part of you that just wants to like keep moving. Don't. Better now just to take the full weight of it Mm -hmm. than um, just take it. Just take it. It'll be so much better. Future Rob will so thank you for just feeling the full brunt of it now.
0: Absolutely. Than
1: like numbing, skimming, denying. um, And I've been very good at that over the years just keep going hey everybody another episode let's do this i wish i could take some of the show um i for lots of reasons have been world-class at i mean if the if the house is on fire in past years especially i'd be like hey anybody want some s'mores I mean, i can turn
0: spoken like an enneagram seven (laughs) yes
1: exactly i can give it to me and i can turn it um but the turning's only genuine because we all want someone to turn it. The only if you acknowledge that hey, the house is on fire, that's terrible and shocking and uh, scary and just dis- like yeah. if somebody can join us in it, um, honestly, and they're there with us, then if they do have some, but hey, I think we can make it. I think if they if they sit with us on Friday, then we believe them about Sunday.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about and, how great it is to have somebody to who experiences what you're experiencing. Yeah. Not even necessarily to tell you it's gonna be okay, just to say, I also relate to that feeling. I have had that feeling.
1: Right. Right. And life is traumatic. For uh, sure, it's
0: inconvenient, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when you have to go to work Monday through Friday, it's very inconvenient when you have when you have a pain of yeah. some kind that yeah, is yeah. so big.
1: But when someone says to me, I can see how you get angry about that. That's, that's a fairly normal response to that situation. Oh, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Or I felt that way too.
1: Cause we immediately veer towards what's wrong. What's wrong with me and not, uh, I think it's normal that I would have this response to this. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part to me is I can't be the first, I can't be the first person to have responded to this this way. And maybe this is actually a very natural response. Like mm-hmm. if you aren't fearful after that experience, um, Let's not get rid of the fear. Let's acknowledge that fear is a very normal response to that. Right. So let's just, no judgment. No judgment. Um, you responded this way. You told yourself this story because of that thing that happened to you. Yeah, I can totally see how I would have told myself that story. As opposed to this endless apologizing, defending shame. I can't believe I said that. Um, what helps me is uh, I'm a human being and it's very normal that I would respond to that this way.
0: Sure. Now what's
1: interesting is to listen to it and see what new thing wants to be birthed in it. Um, Sometimes that takes a while, but that's where the, Mm -hmm. that's where the magic is. Well,
0: that's the redemption, right? Yes. That's what makes it worth it to feel whatever the pain is. Yes. Yes. And I, I feel like exactly what you're describing about really sitting with the feeling and really talking about the feeling is a, is a whole, is a whole new world that we're in right now. And, for instance, like Instagram and other social media is flooded with accounts that are about uh, uh, how to how to raise your consciousness, um, tools for raising your consciousness. And uh, and it's fighting with the structures that that are in place now, the the economic structures and the political yeah. structures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so do you feel like you're part of do you feel like this new version of you is part of <laughs> some greater uprising? <laughs> Well, I do...
1: uh, Okay, let's go biblical for a second. By the way, you know Liam Gallagher, after a lot of shows, just tweets, Vienna, you were biblical. (laughs) Rome, it was biblical. And like now at Liam Gallagher's shows, people hold up signs that just say biblical.
0: Biblical. (laughs) That's a good adjective. It's so great. Very descriptive. Biblical.
1: Um, There's this fascinating passage that I've actually been thinking about recently, this prophet Isaiah, middle of the Hebrew scriptures, Mm -hmm. talks about how Jerusalem's become completely corrupt. There's this widening gap between the rich and the poor. Once again, this is talking about a long time ago. Mm -hmm. The religious structures have lost a sense of tilted in favor of the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. They are used to simply buttress the, the wealth of the few. And he talks about how the city is going to fall apart because of this. There's... Um, it's going to burn to the ground mm-hmm. um, because you can't have this widening gap. You can't have this kind of indifference and empire. The whole thing's going to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he launches into all of these ideas about predictions about a new future when they will beat their swords into plowshares, mm-hmm. which is this idea. And so a plow is used for cultivating. Right. So that the earth can provide what we need. It's about... There's plenty for all. It's about generosity. And that's a particular kind of energy. And swords is a different kind of energy. It's defense. It's violence. So he says uh, there's going to be a coming day when the fundamental way people exert their energies is going to shift from Mm -hmm. destruction and violence and conquest to cultivation, to creativity, to generosity, to making sure everybody has enough. It's alchemy. Oh my word, yes. But what's fascinating is, and you can hear this phrase, beat their swords in the plowshares, that's sort of, people know that phrase a little bit in the culture. Mm -hmm. But what's fascinating is the passages before it are about, but before that happens, the whole thing is going to crumble. It's going to burn to the ground. And so this massive universal declaration of a new possible future comes out of an awareness that sometimes the fundamental institutions have to really implode so that you are actually in enough pain to imagine a new future.
0: Exactly. Or like burning parts of forests or fields they need to lie fallow you know, yes. every couple of seasons so yes. that they can grow back stronger.
1: Yes. And it feels like so many people now are going, wait, a number of these structures don't work, really don't work. Mm-hmm. Like, this corporation doesn't pay any taxes. Mm-hmm. That would be, like, literally billions and billions of dollars.
0: Enough to feed everybody who needs it. That could be
1: used mm-hmm. for school and health care and infrastructure mm-hmm. and renewable energy projects and, t- like, um, and, oh, wait, that military base costs $736 million and nobody said anything about that Mm -hmm. and it's on the other side of the world Mm -hmm. Um, so a number of things you people going wait these structures are off deep in their bones or think about even corporate structures people go to work and spend the majority of their waking hours doing jobs they hate yeah and well you know it 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 makes money and then the bottom line of the company is well we're making money but the human soul and life and joy and connection is nowhere in the equation
0: Right. And I feel like over the course of the age of information that we've been blessed enough to live through, hashtag blessed in question mark, uh, (laughs) is, uh, we're all, we're all receiving so much more information about the inner workings of things. And so things that we used to be able to tolerate, we can no longer tolerate. And that, you know, People have been describing whatever's happened, like all the turmoil that's happening, all the political turmoil, everything that uh, feels crunchy right now. Yeah, uh, is like how when you have a zit and it's really deep in there, <laughs> yes. it has that pus has to rise to the surface in order to pop it and get it yeah. out of you. And I feel like we're witnessing that. And
1: there's like a party that just wants to say to the collect, yeah, like to the collective psyche. Okay, I know it feels terrifying. Like the whole thing isn't working like it's supposed to, but historically that's how often the new movements actually came about is it had to get, and then you think about the political always personal. Think about in our own lives, how often the new birth came because something f- fell apart. Something ended. Mm-hmm. something didn't work like it used to and it was like so gut-wrenching and yet you look back and are like if that wouldn't uh, if the wheels hadn't have come off on that i wouldn't have been in enough pain to imagine a new future exactly the pain i would have well- just stayed there the whole way and that's whew, I, I yes i see that everywhere i see that everywhere, people rethinking everything. And, and, and and my boys are very, very, they say these amazing things about how, like, dad, the majority of these policies didn't protect the earth. So this entire structure that says, follow us and do what we say was unable to do the most basic thing, which Mm -hmm. was care for the earth. Mm -hmm. So like, you have to understand there's a whole world of us who the whole, like, well, you should defer to that. No, it failed. Right. Right, Um, we're like the the, and my boys will often say this is the first generation that's grown up with like an apocalyptic threat Mm -hmm. of the survival of the earth. So like all the people who are like we're in charge, trust us, we know what we're doing. Uh, There are elements of that that just simply aren't true.
0: Yeah, the emperor has no clothes. Yeah, so
1: I see this all across, all across the board. People reimagining in the midst of all this pain, new futures that even a couple of years ago would have been like, that's crazy. Well actually that that might work. <laughs> that might actually be way better.
0: Do you feel like your so I, I, I love when you, you taught me about Ikigai, right? The oh, Jap, yeah, that Japanese the Japanese word, word mm-hmm. that means your purpose, your oh, yeah, what is
1: it, uh what gets you up in the morning. Right.
0: Yeah. So in light of all of these massive changes, has mm-hmm. yours shifted?
1: Uh, at some deep level, honestly, at some deep level, I, have always felt like I was here to bring joy Mm -hmm. by helping people see the spiritual depth of life. And I've been rooted in this ancient Jesus tradition. So that's sort of the the symbols and language and stories, uh, are shaped by that. And, but, but lately, especially over the past, I'd say six months, Oh, you're here to bring joy. Joy is fundamentally disruptive.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And I think I always was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, I'm here to bring joy. Uh, but I think, especially over the six month, no, joy is disruptive. So can you embrace the the twins of joy and disruption? Hmm. Um, because um, almost like, hey, embrace those two, but now you're really dangerous. Now it really gets fun. <laughs> And uh, that's that's new to me, owning, and being okay, and playing with the disruptive element. That's that's that feels like rebirth, like new. Does like, it feel
0: dangerous to you?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- because I want everybody to like me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm aware, obviously, that the people ha- there are lots of people who haven't liked what I do for a long time, but this feels like some new level of, uh, not only it's okay, but like just embrace it. Just embrace, just dance with it. Mm -hmm. Um, question it, follow it. Um, instead of writing off the critic, embrace the critic. Tell me more. Why? Where does that come from? I would say um, this is such a beautiful yeah, uh, yeah.
0: pattern in your life, though, right? Right, because you've dealt with feelings of, or with, with critics coming up and having to address it. And now you have this new opportunity to address the same kind of thing, but in a different way, with different tools.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and also, um, I know like when I was starting out as a pastor. Mm-hmm you you're you're interacting people all the time so there's like a very practical like what works like even like what ideas Mm -hmm. help people and what ideas don't but then you get to a point when you've been been interacting with enough people over enough time that there's like a there's a confidence like that doesn't work um or for example um if somebody wrongs you you're gonna need to forgive them You're, you're gonna need to take some steps in that direction Right. Um, because otherwise it, it's really, really, really toxic not to forgive. Not like, hey, yeah, that'd be a lovely spiritual practice or <laughs> no, seriously, you'll be happier. <laughs> but like, no, it like rots the bones. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's like, it's, so there's a, there's a, a fierceness. Um, I find an emerging fierceness of like, no, 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 no actually no, this is no, there's like really serious. No, this isn't like a. Um, I find myself much more fierce about certain things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, generosity and having a generative view of things, a view of lack, a starting place of lack in pretty much every area of life will only ever make you miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I find an emerging, uh, fierceness that I really like.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> isn't this fun?
0: I love it. Although I have to tell you, I feel like I'm bombing right now.
1: It's the Alyssa takeover. How in the world is this bombing? I don't know. It Cause I feel like Lissa it's all takeover. over the place. Exactly. That's uh, how it works.
0: I know. That's
1: actually how, uh, that's actually, because here's what I've noticed, especially once again, especially the past six months is somebody will be telling me about some significant moment in their life. And they'll be telling me, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. And it's disjointed. Mm-hmm. And they'll be saying like, I realize this. I'm kind of rambling, it's not making sense. But, but I, the number of times i like, hold on, uh, it makes perfect sense. This happened and this happened, this happened. And there's no obvious relation between them, but you're telling them and it's going somewhere. Spirits duct taping all that together. Absolutely. And when you look back on your life, this happened and then that happened and that happened. And out of those events... I was transformed. I don't actually know how those different things all relate to each other. I just know 2011 to 2013, I lost my job. I did it. I did. And out of it, I'm just noticing how much of the way that we tell our stories is like a bit jumbled, because um, if somebody says, "Well, you know, I set out to be uh, successful in Jeffrey, right? and so I just step <laughs> one step to We're like, eh, was it really that clean and linear?" No, of course not. There's something non-linear and a bit jumbled about the whole thing, and that's fine. Sure. And like, that... like uh, well, going back to Torah, the book of Genesis is this person then moved here, this person moved here, this person and their brother parted ways, this lady laughed, and she and her husband went this direction. The whole thing is, the moment anybody's anywhere, they're leaving in the next verse. Mm. So you're like, ancient spiritual history, ancient history, told by the wise ones is like, then they went here, and then they went there, then they went to this village, then they built this altar, then they got in a fight with that king. You know what I mean? But it all added up to "Ah!" something. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is really important. You should know. And then it's just (laughs) like, who's going? You know what I mean? The GPS is like racing all over the place. And I meet more people who are like, I'm so glad I'm here. But if I try and trace how I got here, uh, I met a guy who, uh, owns a company that sells plants and he's like, but before that I went to architecture school <laughs> he's like, I know that makes so sense. And I was like, no, I get it. The fact that it doesn't make sense it oddly makes sense. But I
0: love that. And there's, actually, yes. there's something very beautiful about that uh, serendipity. And yes. for me, like the first I am aging backwards, right? So like I was a 65 <laughs> year old woman when I was three And I'm Benjamin (laughs) Buttoning. So what what,
1: what do you mean? 65 year old?
0: I mean, I was really into HL Mencken and Dorothy Parker and was like writing quotes by them in my journal when I was like eight. Like I was like, people are terrible and all these people are stupid. And I I was like, you know, the catcher in the ride. You
1: were an old, crusty, bitter lady when you were eight. Exactly. In your room, like writing with a
0: quill pen. I mean, essentially, (laughs) yes. It was a Mont Blanc, by the way. Uh, yeah. And, and you're getting younger yes, and happier, so, funnier, I, I lighter. I think so. I never in my life thought I would go into comedy, Rob. I was a Shakespeare actor. I took myself so seriously for the first 25 years of my life. And then I got into improv and then I accidentally got into comedy and then I moved to California and that was totally off script and totally, but everything was in service to my joy.
1: Shakespeare. Like proper acting. Exactly. Like skills. Exactly. Like the method. Exactly. Diction, pronunciation, project. Then improv, Mm -hmm. which was just be present and yes, and.
0: Right. And I tried improv just so that I could do commercial work because casting directors want to see improv on your resume. So I was just going to take one level, but I ended up falling backwards into it and taking all the levels and just like sinking myself into that community and learning that like the best <laughs> thing ever was never having a script was, was Were just you like a
1: black, like a black belt in improv. <laughs> like you went all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went all and the way. And out of
1: improv came stand up.
0: Yes, because after you've been sharing the stage for all this time, it gives, you, it gives you strength to be like, I just want to speak my own words. I want to speak my own authentic words. Um, yeah. And I still love improv, and I think it's a really important skill to have. Yeah. But none of that, like when I, I was so pretentious, like before <laughs> I got into improv at all, I had a fight with a friend of mine about, because he was a stand up, and I, I had a fight with him about stand up versus poetry and i and all my reasons for why poetry was like uh, oh god i'm so disgusted with myself why poetry was like a more like serious art a more real art and how stand up was just like begging the audience grotesquely for attention and na- and now it's like the tables on the other foot as i like to say <laughs> but uh I say all this by way of saying, yeah, it felt totally off script, and now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, of course it had to go in this direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't make any sense before. Can I can I go a little woo for just a second? Full go full woo. Full woo. So I'm kind of up the butt of astrology lately. Like I've really been studying mm-hmm. uh, evolutionary astrology or karmic astrology, which is the astrology of looking at your chart uh, as sort of a blueprint for larger life lessons that you may be moving toward in this lifetime and what you may be moving away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my South node. So there are two nodes of the moon, the North node and the South node. Then the North node is, is the lessons or the themes that you, your soul has chosen to move toward in this incarnation. And the South node is what you've moved moved away from. My South node is in Capricorn, which is, all about structure, hierarchy, accolades, climbing the ladder, hustling, doing the thing. And opposite of that, my north node is in cancer, which is about joy, creativity, playfulness, empathy. And so, and I really believe whether you want to believe in astrology or not, whether you want to read about astrology or not, um, if you want some hints that could give you like some helpful tips of like, how to approach certain things in your life, I've found it super helpful to recontextualize things that make no sense to me.
1: But you're an eight-year-old, very committed to order in a proper way of right, this person. And, mm-hmm. and you are growing in like a sort of freedom and spontaneity and joy. Exactly. And you start with Shakespeare, work your way from improv to comedy to the list of Mandela's flying now. Sure. So that's not that far
0: off. But I couldn't understand it because it yeah. felt backwards to my brain.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. So
0: what if you could like based on where you are now, you mm-hmm. know, because obviously there's lots more life to go. Mm-hmm. Where have you seen like the biggest thematic evolution from what to what?
1: Oh, oh, uh. From from what are the rules, and how do I follow them well, Mm -hmm. to breaking the rules, Mm -hmm. to, well, are there rules? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. 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 This, this, um, I'll just do it how it should be done. I'll not do it. How we should be done. I'll do it some new way. Watch this mm-hmm. to, uh, what sounds like, how should we do it now? And how, well, how's it been done? Not an interesting question. Um, <laughs> what are the people doing? Not interesting.
0: But was that ever interesting to you? Was that interesting to you at the beginning?
1: Well, there's this there, there's the there's the person who says, Ham, hey, this is out that man, this thing's outside the box. But outside the box, the box is still calling the shots. The new thing is still mm. in reference to the box. Ah. So the box is still running the show. Man, that was <laughs> no. way out of the box. No. I don't know because the box was still in the room. Right. And actually, you're <laughs> defining it by the box. Right, so right. I don't know how way out of the box is. And then there's, there's a box. Um, and, uh, for Kristen and I and our, and our kids, um, the cultural norms about how the, the game is played, we just see them just like, just like we can, at times it feels like we can barely remember that there was ever like, how do family, it's just so, well, how do we want to do this? How do we want to play this? Where do we want to go? And even watching my kids who have been like brined in this, soup kristen Mm -hmm. and i have been just watching them like head out on their own paths that are they're like because i was like wow man we were making we were blazing some new trails and my kids are like what trails they're on like jets or something i mean (laughs) it's like really 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 fun um they have so few assumptions
0: well that's i mean that's thanks to you guys oh
1: so fun and but here's an interesting thing more and more seeing my kids with not loaded down by stuff, just like, who am I going to be in the world? I'll, I'll go this direction. Um, and, but then what it does is it like boomerangs back to me. So I'm watching them and everything about their like, Oh, they have the whole thing in front of them. This is this awesome watching them. Mm -hmm. Just like, they're so free to go wherever and do whatever. We're just cheering them on. Oh, that same. What's true about them. is not true about me. Mm -hmm. So there's this, Fascinating thing. I'm gonna be 50 this year. It's crazy. But there's to this me. F- fascinating rebirth happening to me through my kids. Of like, uh, name one thing that's true of them. It's not true of us. And, and seeing it in Kristen too. Like, but we, yeah. Let's just do it that way. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think if, uh, I think all the kids who are alive right now and being born right now, because you know the birth rate is going down yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, women are, are deciding not to have children yeah. uh, for various reasons. And I think, so I think that the kids that do, that are born, the kids whose, whose souls chose to incarnate now uh, are so bright yeah. and precious and smart. Yeah. And th- those souls are the ones that are powerful enough to meet this apocalyptic energy.
1: I like the way you say that. <laughs> I like the way you say that. Yeah, I do uh yeah my uh there was a concert at my at violet school outdoors in the parking lot It's like there had to have been five hundred or a thousand people in this parking lot for these kids singing and just what they were singing Violet had a class in protest music in fourth grade like amazing um what they were singing uh what they were she's doing her big report now on a o c her awareness of the world and how, like, who, what's like, her sense of like moral
0: mm-hmm. compass
1: is so strong mm-hmm. about each other and respect and love and mm-hmm. it's like, um,
0: wow! It's like you see evolution happening right yeah, it, it, before your that, eyes.
1: That is, I that is genuine. I think that's very, very real. I at least I'm seeing that mm-hmm. um, up close. Is,
0: yeah. is there a part of you that feels? Uh, fear or or um, sadness about about knowing about seeing the passage of time and seeing like the younger generation come in as you are cycling out. Not that you're cycling out. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds very dark. I don't mean that, but I mean. Um. That's
1: a great, great question. No, um. No. Honestly, no. Um see there's that speaker right there? Mm-hmm. We have that Apple mm-hmm. HomePod, which is like the best speaker ever. Um it's so loud, but it's the bass is amazing, and everybody's phone mm-hmm. can play everybody can just play whatever they want off that. Amazing. So most of the time um somebody in the in the in the family has their phone running on that speaker mm-hmm. and they're playing whatever they want us all to listen to. And um, I mean, I can, I could give a dissertation on British rap <laughs> time right now. Um, I could sing most of the new Selena Gomez album. <laughs> I mean, I can like every obscure indie band of the moment right now. Um, uh, like all, like the, the, there's some I, I take specifically about music because the life and the Kristen dancing right over there mm-hmm. and Violet doing a TikTok move and Trace um, coming through and playing us the new storms or the new Skepta or the new Dave. And then Preston's like, you got to hear this song. The 1975 just did the fourth single off the new album and look <laughs> at that was yesterday. Um, no, no, it doesn't make me sa- sad. It makes me, wow. What, ex- man, if you would have played this for me when I was 20, I'd been like, what? Um, so no, I, I, I have like this, I This is fun where it's headed.
0: Man, (laughs) I just want some of that juice. I really... When
1: this episode, when we're done recording, I'll have to... I think they're all out there. They just know we're recording. I'll have to have them come in and like... Or have Violet do one of her TikToks. Yes. And you'll be like, this is what people are... (laughs) When you see her do one of them, you'll be like, oh, we're going to be fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I, I feel like I had a moment a couple of years ago and I'm in my late-ish 30s. And I had a moment a couple of years ago where I was like, oh, I'm not the target demographic anymore. Oh, ah, yeah, like right, right. Such a, yeah. I mean, which is a relief yeah. a little bit, but it's also just interesting. But I love
1: lives. the better grasp of the playing field. Yes. There's some yes. moment where you start, you've... Live long enough to see. God, I sound like I'm 100. Um, <laughs> where you, where your pattern recognition gets much better. Absolutely. So this thing comes along and it was, like, what is this? But you're like, oh, this is that in in new garb. It's it's wearing a, a different color lipstick and it's listening to. But it, but but you just get a little more like I. I. There are only so many archetypes. There's so many, so many, so right. many. So after a while, you get this like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I recognize that yeah I know it's new, but I also recognize it
0: so it's not as much of a surpri- it's not as much of a s- surprise like
1: uh, you're like, oh yeah that's the move that oh an like example would be oh yeah that's that's the move from disempowerment to empowerment oh yeah, that's uh lack
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and that's scarcity, that's the engine there and they could they could switch out engines and put in the generosity, the generative engine or you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or that's aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And aesthetics, why did you paint that, that color of green and not that color of green? That's an aesthetic decision. So mm-hmm. aesthetics are very hard to explain or justify. Why that shirt and not that shirt? I don't know. Why would you like that movie and not that movie? We can kind of, but some of it's aesthetics, which mm-hmm. is very subjective. Mm-hmm. So there are all these things where after a while you just go, oh yeah, that person's trying to explain something that was an aesthetic choice that was not objective mm-hmm. at all. And they're trying to rationalize it. They're trying to cram it in and just, just say, I like the pink better. Just, just, you'll be so much happier. So there's all these moves that you just see. Oh, that's
0: what that is. Got it. Sounds like acceptance.
1: Well, you think about historically, the village elder was like down at the end of the, the last hut on the left. (laughs) And if you were in a jam, you're all bound up in your nonsense as a whatever. Well, go see the elder and you go sit with her. Mm -hmm. And you're all worked up. I mean, she'd be like, hey, that thing right there that you're all shorts and a bunch about. Waste of time. It'll be gone and two months, honey, mm-hmm. You don't even remember his name. <laughs> but this thing over here that you're ignoring, super important. Mm-hmm. So the, the village elder, they were the last person who was like, turn that music down. They were the last thing, they were the last person to be like brittle and sort of, ah, oh, you kid. Sure. They were the flexible one mm-hmm. who was like, hey, I've lived long enough to know what matters and what doesn't.
0: You are bringing back the village elder, oh, I, well, I No,
1: I have some village elders. I and... know, but you're
0: gonna become one. <laughs> Really, <laughs> We're like because now the way our society thinks of like older people Florida. is Florida, right? Or,
1: or retirement.
0: Rigid is like a rigidness, a stuck in your ways. A when yeah. I back in my day, yeah, yeah. As opposed to in these ancient tribal right places where it was flexibility. The village elder was able to be the flexible one.
1: Right. The village elder was the one you needed who'd lived through so much. And when you're just going on about the latest crisis, the village elder is just smiling. Like I'll just wait for you to be done. Yeah. And then we'll talk about what really matters. Cause you're going to be fine. There's like a twinkle in the eye. That's not a naivete or like a checked out. It's a, dialed into the thing behind the thing behind exactly, the thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go then. I'll just own up to it. Good. I'd love to be a village elder someday.
0: You gotta get your, your robes.
1: <laughs> I don't know how gonna... <laughs> this episode feels like. I, it just, I don't know. It's funny. Um,
0: you don't have to publish it if you don't want. It's okay. Oh, of
1: course. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> uh, truly all over the place. Uh, Let's do a little more. All right. Um, what did I want to say? Um, okay. So I want to, I'm sorry. I I know that you're very happy and joyful and lovely, but I really did come here wanting to talk about pain. Oh, good. Um, let's do it because, uh, it's all part of it. It is. All, it is part of it. And yes. and something that, um, I'm definitely being faced with right now is because I've, I'm in this sort of pain, this pain yes. of loss or grief yep. or codependency yep. have done it before and now it's coming back again and i recognize it and i oh you've been through a similar experience i've been before. through a similar okay. experience mm-hmm. like maybe 20 years ago okay and the waves of pain still happen yes. the waves of fear still happen but now i'm too wise to get completely swallowed up because i see what's going you know on waves i know they're waves yeah I hate them. I'm shaking my fist at the universe saying, I don't want this.
1: Which is actually part of it. Absolutely necessary. Sure. Give it all the expression it's asking for. Shake (laughs) your fists. Shake them till you're exhausted. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, um, what do I want to ask? I know you've talked about this before. I, I don't remember exactly what you called the podcast, but like if a lot of this pain is coming from being in a liminal space, mm, being mm-hmm, in a space mm-hmm. of total uncertainty yeah, and you have to wait, it's like in the tarot, it's the hanged man card. It's the card oh. of waiting for the next information yeah. to come. You have to yeah. just sit in yeah. it. What do you do? How do you hold that pain and wait for it to pass? What is the, uh, and I feel like I sort of asked you this question in a different way earlier, but I just want to know more Mm -hmm. about um, how do you talk to it? How do you interact with it? What are things, what are passages that you read
1: Mm -hmm. That bring
0: you back Mm -hmm. to earth. Like I brought, I brought this roomy book and I brought the Khalil Gibran, the prophet. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Cause they're, they, they are books that like, as I'm in the pain, they help me embrace the pain as a, as a conduit toward healing. If you're not Mm -hmm. avoiding the pain and you're in it. Mm -hmm. So suppose you're in a place of deep grief and it's just washing over you.
1: Oh, I have a pain from a relationship that, that is present to this day. It never goes away. And it never resolves. And I don't... I walk with a limp because of this one particular decades-old pain. Really? Of a really... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it live I in I literally body? can't imagine talking about it publicly. Uh, maybe someday. Okay. But it... it okay. And uh it makes no sense to me it makes uh no sense and that's actually it's helped me not be enslaved to my mind because pain is transrational is mm. the word that helps me mm-hmm. you 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 can think about it you can think about the person love the person miss the person hate the person feel betrayed you can feel about it and yet it's an experience that goes beyond any sort of rationality it's it's a a fully orbed experience that sits there unresolved and so um and i don't know how in the world to to resolve it it makes um it opens me to every other person I interact with who has something unresolved.
0: Mm. It's Mm -hmm. like a
1: tuning fork.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: I wouldn't know what they were talking about if it wasn't for this thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's something within me. I want everybody to like me. I want everything to make sense. I want all stories to have a beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. and the universe won't give me that. It won't. I have issues. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) With this whole setup. Um, It makes me feel small, impotent. Uh, Yeah, it does all these things.
0: How do you speak to your... If you ever have a feeling of powerlessness or impotence, as you said, how how do you respond to that in a healthy way?
1: Um that there is risk baked into this entire experience. There's a risk at the heart of the whole thing. And you can't you can't mitigate it. You can't get rid of it. It just sits there. Mm-hmm. Um and that there is some peacemaking that you do resignation is Okay, I'm okay. okay with it, but I'm a little bitter.
0: Yeah, Resi- like yeah. I am
1: resigned to this, which means, okay, I'll go along with it. But just know here, somewhere in me, I am still, I got a scoreboard. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yes. And so there's this subtle energetic shift from resignation to, to reconciliation. And reconciliation doesn't mean the thing's okay. It doesn't mean everything's fine. It just means at some level, certain things exist beyond my power, and that's okay, because the weight of power is crippling. Like if you or I, like, really, you want all the power? You want to control the thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to run the show? Um, you take the risk out and you take everything. Like every story at some level that sucks us in, oh man, I can't wait to see what happens in episode four, is there's a risk here and I don't know which direction the person's going to go. Everything that we love about life actually is the drama and push and pull. Without it, just a clear, you know what I mean? Yeah, The very heart that can be stomped on and broken and is aching like crazy, take away that and you've taken away everything that can open that heart up so it sings and feels. Mm, mm -hmm. It's baked into the whole thing, which is a really long treatise, but it helps me at some level. Yeah. Uh, uh, You know, there's that two pieces of paper. You carry one in one pocket, one in the other.
0: I don't know this. And
1: one says, I come from dust. And the other piece of paper written on it is the universe was made for me. And you pull out whatever piece of paper you need on any particular day (laughs) you know what I mean
0: yeah I feel Um, like I would lean more on one piece of paper than the other (laughs) but yes yeah right so so
1: then you pull out the other one um what a glorious thing to be here who could figure any of this out um but yeah this I'm so much more likely to be able to talk about the pain and acknowledge the pain and just say to the person, wow, that must be so painful, and not have to fix it or solve it, Mm -hmm. just to sit with other people in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much of our connection comes around from around the pains of life. So much great art comes around the pains of life. Mm -hmm. So much of the, you meet the person, uh, this friend of mine, Cecilia, just got through cancer treatments, and she's okay. Awesome. And she has no hair, and she's radiant. Mm-hmm. and I saw her last year. I hadn't seen her in a couple years, and we met up because they live in a different city, she and her husband, Tom, and it was like just knowing she'd been going through all that was like gut-wrenching, but then we saw each other, and
0: it was like, oh, you're here. Yeah, the pain actually makes yeah. the whole experience yeah. drop to the deeper end of the pool. Yeah,
1: my friend Glenn went through excruciating cancer, and he's okay, and I saw him last week. Shout out to Glenn. And every time I see him, I, was like, I, saw, I see him, I put my hands on his shoulders and I, hey, Glenn, I'm so glad you're here. So I don't want the pain. I don't like the pain, but I also know the pain of almost losing Glenn makes the lunch we had in Westwood 10 days ago like it has an element of magic.
0: Absolutely. So much more precious.
1: It has, so it's all, that's just how the whole thing is. So, you, at some level, you have to, at some level, make peace. I think a lot of people's anxiety. I think a lot of anxiety come, is existential actually. It comes, from, mm-hmm. it comes from the uneasiness and the frailty of this whole thing. And you don't deny that, you somehow make peace. Yeah, the whole thing's barely hanging on. Yeah, the whole thing is fragile. Yeah, the whole thing can break your heart. But we're here and you and I are talking. Yeah. So I can make another sentence. <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, it gets very granular. It gets very, very, like, one step, then another step, then another step. Yeah, I think that's how it works. Yeah, one moment at a time. You you drove through Friday traffic in L.A. to come here. Heck yeah. You asked me these fantastic questions. You had really interesting things to say. You're in a world of hurt, and look how much life here at the table between us as the rain fell and the sun comes down.
0: It's not an accident. None of the timing is an accident.
1: So, yeah, you, uh, and you went through this 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and you're going through this now and you're way more able to narrate this one than probably 20 years ago. For sure. You're even naming it a wave. 20 years ago, you probably went, Hey, this is a wave. It'll pass. Uh, You're probably just, ah. Oh, I thought I was
0: dying. Yeah. So, wow.
1: You're really, you're like 20 years better at apocalyptic heartbreak. (laughs)
0: You know what I mean? That doesn't make me want to do it. And like, there's a a part of me that, and I,
1: I, yeah. And that's actually part of it. I don't want to do this.
0: Right. Well, because I, I know at this point, I know. And like, I have this tattoo of the Chiron symbol on the back of my neck, which is the sim was the asteroid Chiron. It represents the wounded healer in your, in your natal Mm. chart. Astrologically, it represents the, the the deepest core wound that you will work through. And I got this tattoo a few months ago, not knowing that this would happen. And I'm Uh, like, why did I do that? Why did I invite that? But because I know (laughs) that it's part of my job here to work through pain so that I can help others work through their pain. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's scared that becoming that figure who does that is mutually exclusive from being in a loving relationship myself, which doesn't really make any sense. Oh, right,
1: right, right. Okay, so uh, where does that come from?
0: I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it probably comes from way back. Generally, this stuff imprints... Pre-rationally. Sure. So we don't even know why it's in there. But there's some story that we had to tell to make sense of something and we're still telling it. Only now it's, how can I help people if I don't? Like, these are mutually exclusive. So
0: Or thinking that pain, that like experiencing pain is mutually exclusive from also experiencing joy. Even though intellectually I know there are two sides of the same coin. Yeah,
1: so it's allowing it to sink down mm-hmm. into the body and the cells. Yeah. Yeah. I mean think about that that's there there's there's another step follow that i i i like to think of those they're monsters and i like to think of following it back to its cave hmm. this thing is frightening me it's circling the camp it's antagonizing me so later i'm going to follow it back to its cave
0: <laughs> you know what i mean i'm <laughs> going to find, gonna find it. It out what it is yeah
1: yeah, because at some point it comes in waves. So at some point, it'll I'll get a little breather, and then I'm gonna follow it, find out what it is, yeah. where it comes from, how it happened, who who was involved, what it did to me. Because mm-hmm. there's some story that's mm-hmm. not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. You we we need you, we need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you. I need you for this podcast. Otherwise, just be me talking. I don't know. That's fun, but this is way better.
0: This is next level. <laughs> Connection is next level.
1: Yes. I'm so glad you came by.
0: I'm so glad that I got to be here. Thank uh, you for having
1: me. This is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you, uh, I'll be praying for you.
0: Thanks, I'll be praying for you. I do for that you. for
1: people. Thanks. I love, I uh, think about them. I say I carry them around in my heart. <gasps> Love that. You know what I mean? I like that image. Me too. I'll carry you around in my heart. Kristen will carry you around in her heart. We'll both carry you around. Thanks. And uh, yeah, that comes in waves.
0: That was one of my favorite episodes, you know.
1: You already, you're already observing it. Mm -hmm. It's like you can already, you're already looking for the seeds that are being planted in this pain. Because you already know it has something to do with your flying into new places. I can already sense that on you. Like, This is the worst ever, but I also know that it's like...
0: It's the only way through.
1: Something else is lurking. Something new is lurking in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like haunted in the best sense. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like good haunting. (laughs) Uh, I Uh, welcome all
0: the spirits, truly. (laughs) uh,
1: uh, Usually I would say uh, grace and peace, everybody.
0: Do I get to say that? Today? No, I'm,
1: that's what I'm saying. Is my yeah? If you take it over, then that's you gotta give it to him.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> welcome to the best moment of my life. Um, this has been the Robcast episode 264. I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm on Instagram at a flock of sandwiches, and I wish you all grace and peace.